Hi, this is Darren Joseph from HGD.tax. I'm in Singapore, so I'm recording this in early September 2023. I don't know when we're actually going to publish it, but this is early September 2023. So it's I'm doing this kind of this 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 blog entry as a result of a conversation that I had uh, last night with you know some other tax professionals. We're talking about the the blacklist. Well, just to kind of provide context, so the OECD, so the Organization of for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is kind of like a club for the wealthy countries in the world. So they've been they've been trying to address the issue of base erosion and profit shifting since probably the 1990s and even the UN before that. But let's uh, let's start with the OECD in, in the 1990s. So it kind of culminated. Arguably, in 1998, they published a report. And, you know, so this report named names. So it named certain jurisdictions that, hey, you guys have been identified as, you know, tax havens, and we want you to put certain measures in place to prevent abuse. Then in 2000, so they gave them some time, 2000, they... They updated the reports and basically, and they, they kind of moderated the tone of their language. So they described them as potentially harmful jurisdictions. So these are these jurisdictions who basically ignored them in 1998. Uh, they, they published it again. So 2000, hey, you guys haven't implemented the reforms that we recommended. So we are labeling you as potentially harmful. So it's more of a, a political warning shot. Then, you know, a lot of things happen in between the U.S. Uh, from, I think, 2008, 2009. They started their um, series of actions against uh, Switzerland. And they brought Switzerland to its knees from a banking perspective. I mean, they, the U.S. managed to accomplish uh, in just a few years what world wars and have been unable to do. So they broke Swiss bank secrecy rules. And Switzerland has been obviously, you know, at the, at the forefront of, of this discussion of the, of the narrative. So that was, that was a huge wake-up call to, to the offshore industry. Then in 2015, I mean, there have been a number of papers, you know, Paradise Papers, Pandora Papers, whatever. So, But Panama Papers in 2015, it named a number of European companies and wealthy individuals, politicians who, you know, basically prominent tax residents of, of Europe. So the European Commission now, on the back of everything that's been happening before, they they decided, hey, let's 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 use our bully pulpit and let's do something real, right? So, but bear in mind that within Europe, I mean, as I think even before that, twenty fourteen, uh, blacklists were adopted in thirteen member states of the EU. So it was something that was being done at a lower level, at, at the country level, but. This is the European Union itself deciding, hey, we gonna, you know, let's take a position on this. Let's, let's take this more seriously. So in 2016, they published their first uh, list of non-cooperative jurisdictions and they've been updating it ever since. Now, the reason why I, I, I wanted to discuss this, a tax lawyer I was talking to yesterday was making a point, hey, it's just a... Uh, I mean, they're making the point that list is almost useless in that there's no real implications, perhaps from a banking perspective, when bank transfers are coming in from a so-called tax haven, a so-called non-cooperative jurisdiction, there's enhanced due diligence, so it may be blocked or whatever. But mm, no, I think it's more real than that because there are 28 or so EU member countries and they may, I mean, I guess it's up to them, but they 
they they may take this list and in turn pass its own rules. Now, this list is like a base list. So for example, okay, so let, let's take what happened in this year, earlier this year. So we're in 2023. So in February 2023, the, the EU published a list with about 16 non-cooperative jurisdictions. So this is in alpha order. American Samoa, Anguilla, the Bahamas, BVI, Costa Rica, Fiji, Guam, Marshall Islands, Palau, Panama, Russia, Samoa, Trinidad, Tobago, Turks and Caicos, US Virgin Islands, and Vanuatu. So that's what was done at EU level, 16 countries. So France said, okay, uh, France has adopted that. They've uh, tweaked their legislation. So it has real consequences. It's not just banking. So if companies located in one of these non-cooperative jurisdictions holds investments in France, so listed shares, French bonds, etc., dividends and interest may under certain circumstances be subject to French withholding tax of 75%, 7.5. And in the case of the sale of assets, cap gains, capital gains, 75%. Even if, and this is even if the whole co, the holding company, does not hold substantial interest uh in in whatever the asset is so it could be less than 25 uh percent of profit rights yeah still 75 percent withholding obviously this is not tokenism this this is real this this is this is, is real and spain like spain you know I, i'm not gonna go through each country but you know just kind of heads up so spain took okay you have 16 spain expanded that list to 24. so so spain added some you know so there are real adverse consequences spain as well for dealing with uh one of these non-cooperative oh well for them they call it a blacklist more or less so these may include uh the implications may include tax residency status deductibility of certain expenses transfer pricing obligations uh cfc rules uh they the tax benefits would be the impact on the participation exemption the tax neutrality regime uh tax exemption for interest on royalties the restriction on carried interests so there are real real tax consequences to this so and and here's where this comes in so we advise u.s exposed clients who may be doing business in europe or maybe moving uh, private clients who may be moving to europe from the u.s and so this comes into the context of pre-immigration planning and when you have those structures i mean that's the thing you're dealing with advisors who are u.s experts that's fine but you have to do it in cons you have to do the structure in, in concert with where you're trying to go. In this case, if a private client, you want to move to Europe, you need to be cognizant of the European rules. You can't just have blinkers on just looking at the US only. And because generally speaking, Europe is the higher tax of the two jurisdictions, chances are you'd be doing a lot of planning around Europe as opposed to, you know, and in that case, the US becomes a less, slightly lesser consideration as, as you do your pre-immigration planning. My name is Darren Joseph from HGJ.tax. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.